0: As Ken mentioned, uh, if you're a guest with us today, uh, this may be an odd first day for you, but it's okay. Uh, You actually get to be a part of a a family meeting. Uh, And part of what we do as the body of Christ is we come around one another uh, when we are suffering and grieving and going through the hard moments of life. Each week, part of what we do is we pray for another church in the River Region. And uh, this week, uh, I believe that we are the church that needs to be prayed for. And I just want to say thank you uh, publicly to the many, many pastors and churches that have reached out to us. And uh, in just in recent days, I've been getting texts this morning about other churches praying for us by name uh, in their worship services today. And, and I just want to publicly say thank you so much for those prayers. We feel those prayers. Uh, those prayers are needed. And it's prayer that sustains us. Amen. With that said, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Father, we thank you for this moment with all the heaviness that it brings it is good because you are here and father i pray that your presence your power would help us receive what you have for us on this day would you speak Lord? your servants are listening we pray this in jesus good and powerful name and everybody said amen Amen the two-word prayer that we have all prayed at one point or another, and many of us have been praying it this week, is, why, Lord? Why? Why did this have to happen? Why does that have to happen? Lord, why didn't you do something different? That simple prayer is, is one that we've all prayed, and every one of us live with what... I'll call unanswered prayers. Every one of us including Jesus himself lives with unanswered prayers. It was Jesus who said, Father if it be your will let this cup pass from me when he was on the way to the cross. That was not God's will. It was Jesus who prayed that the church would be one just as he and the Father are one. That has not happened yet. Jesus lives with unanswered prayers and so do we. However, I do believe that prayers are eternal when we pray them they are eternally before the throne of grace and I believe that one day we will get an answer. I believe that one day we will know why. Whenever we experience the tragedies of life and we're left with these questions and we pray these kind of prayers I believe that maybe not in this life it may be in the next but one day that unanswered prayer will be answered. The question is though how do we live in the tension of here and now? How do we live in the tension of God can but is it his will? How do we live in the tension between we believe God can do miracles just as we've sung about as Pastor Ken mentioned a while ago. We believe this but there are things that God allows. How do we live there? I believe the, the answer is found in the word hope, hope. Now hope for me is not wishful thinking. I define hope as confident expectation, confident expectation. Hope is knowing that one day everything that is wrong in this world, everything that has gone wrong in this world and every pain that we carry In this world will one day be made right and I believe that the question for us today is how do we navigate the grief we experience in the meantime how do we do that how do we navigate the time between the pain of today and the hope the confident expectation of tomorrow when God makes all things right Again, I think the answer involves hope, but it also involves grief. I think the answer is that we grieve with hope. We grieve with hope. I get this from 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. Paul writes and he says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know, to know, We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. What Paul says, what he wants for us as believers is to know where uh, believers who have died, to know where they are so that we grieve with hope, not like those who have no hope. It's one of the reasons why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Both in this life God provides his comfort, but also and ultimately in the next life. Now, I want to make three very important points about grief. And if you don't hear anything else I say, please hear these three things, okay? Three very important points about grief. The first one is this. As we are grieving as a church... We need to remember that not everyone grieves at the same pace. Please hear me here. I want to get very practical for a moment. We need to remember that not everyone grieves at the same pace. And as we move forward as a church, it's very important that we have a lot of grace with each other. That is so important. Some people seem to grieve quickly. Seem to. Some people seem to grieve slowly. They seem to. And both are okay. Those who seem to grieve more slowly, they're not weak. They're not. They're processing what they've experienced. Those who seem to grieve more quickly, they're not insensitive they too are processing what they have experienced. It's very important for us as a church right now as we navigate the days ahead that we understand that not everybody grieves at the same pace. And it is vitally important that we are patient with each other. So many times what can happen is when we are grieving, it is so easy to be angry with others around us. It is so easy to be short-tempered with others around us. In many ways, that's a normal part of grief. But as the body of Christ, I believe that we are a testimony to the world of how we grieve with hope. And part of that is being gracious with one another and patient with one another and understanding we do not all grieve at the same pace. The second thing I want to say is that when it comes to grief, not everyone needs the same amount of space. Not everyone needs the same amount of space. Whenever we are grieving, it is vitally important, we see it from God's word, uh, that we have people around us. Some people, when they're grieving, I was having a conversation with someone just this morning, and they said, when I'm grieving, I want to be by myself for a while. And that's okay. Okay. Some people when they're grieving they want to be around other people all the time and that's okay. It's very important for us as we move forward as a church that we are honest with each other about what we need. It's also important that we make sure that we do not assume that we know what other people need. We need to ask them as we're walking with each other through these days. So number one, we do not all grieve at the same pace. And number two, we do not need all need the same amount of space. But point number three is important as well. And that is that everyone, everyone can recover from grief. God can get you through what you're going through. He can. I believe that God is that big. I believe that God is that powerful. I believe that God is that good. I believe that God is that loving And he can get you through the grief, the pain you feel today. It's not easy. It's not painless. And it may not happen quick. But God can help you heal from the pain you feel today. I grew up with a statement, and the statement was time heals all things. I understand what that statement is saying, but I slightly disagree with it because I do not believe that time is a healing agent. I do believe that God can heal all things in time. I do believe that. And I believe that even right now, God has begun that healing process for those of us who are grieving our loss on this day. So as we move forward, please remember these three things. We're not all grieving at the same pace. We we don't all need the same amount of space. Some of us need to be closer. Some of us need a little more space. And God can bring recovery and healing for the grief we feel. The question is, how does that happen? How can God heal me from the grief I'm experiencing, either today or in life in general? I think there are two big points. I'm going to give you some subpoints. The first thing, if we're going to heal from this, the first thing we have to do is that we have to give God our grief. Give God, give our grief over to God Grief, just in a simple definition, and there are many different types of grief, by the way. But grief in a simple definition is when we lose something or someone before we expect it to, and then we feel the pain of that. Stephen Arterburn in his book Healing is a Choice, which I recommend by the way, he wrote these words. He says pain is a gift. Pain is a gift from God to let us know that something is not right. That something in our life life needs attention and fixing. And whenever we feel the pain of grief, that is when we know, that's a trigger to know, that we need to take that grief and lay it at the feet of God. And the question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? Three ways. Number one is this. The first thing you need to do, if you're going to grieve in a healthy way, is you need to take time to let yourself grieve. Take time to let yourself grieve. Ecclesiastes 3.4 says there is a time to grieve and there is a time to dance. I believe that you can dance again in this life. Oh, I do. But we only truly dance again when we take the time we need to grieve properly. And So the first thing we have to do is we just have to give ourselves permission And just say, you know what, I'm grieving. And that's okay. The second thing that we have to do is in these moments of grief, we have to remember just how much God loves us. Just how much God cares for us right here, right now. And he wants to carry the burden that we feel. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. He says you can give all of your worries and cares to God because that's exactly how much He cares for you. If you go back to the Old Testament in Isaiah 53, verses 3 and 4, it says that He, Jesus, was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. Where did that grief come from? He tells us. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. You see, we have this God who loves to come to us in the hardest moments of life. And he says, I will carry that for you. You don't have to carry that alone. You don't have to try to pick that up every day and walk through every day of life with that heaviness, that sorrow, that pain, that grief. I'm here to help you. And so if we're going to give God our grief, the first thing we have to do is we have to let ourselves take time to grieve, but also constantly remind ourselves just how much God loves us. And the third thing is this, is we have to tell God how we feel. We have to be absolutely honest with him. Absolutely honest. So, so sometimes whenever we're praying, all we're really doing is verbally processing with God. And he loves those moments. He loves those moments. Let me give you a few examples. Psalm 31, verse 9. The psalmist says, Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. This is not a happy, happy, clappy, clappy psalm. I am in distress, he says. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. Right there, the psalmist is simply pouring out his heart in complete honesty to God. Jesus said in John sixteen twenty, he says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. God has this amazing ability that when we go to him in complete honesty and we pour our heart out before him of taking grief and turning it into joy. We all know verses like Psalm 30 verse 5 where it says weeping may last through the night but joy comes in the morning. God always promises a morning that one day there will be a new day, a day of rejoicing. But we have to be people, I believe, in order to live life in a healthy way where we take our grief to God, we let ourselves grieve, we remind ourselves just how much He cares for us and then we also In absolute honesty, tell him how we feel. God is in the comforting business. Oh, he loves it. He doesn't love the fact that you're hurting, but he loves healing that hurt. In Isaiah 40 verse 1, that's where we read these powerful words where God says, comfort, comfort my people. Comfort. Whenever we find ourselves in pain, we have to remember that God is in the comforting business. But it takes us being honest about the pain. One of the unhealthiest things we can do is live in denial. Either denial that I'm really not grieving or denial that God cannot bring me through my grief. And so many times we try to cover that up when we need to be honest with ourselves. We try to be strong When we need to be honest and say we're grieving. That's why Proverbs 1413 says, Laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. And many times we can walk through life carrying grief with us for years on end because we do not we do not go to God and be honest with him and let him bring the healing we need. So the first thing we have to do is we have to give God our grief. The second thing that we have to do is we have to receive comfort from God. Receive comfort from Him. I believe that there are three primary ways that God comforts us. Three ways. The first one is this, is that God comforts me through His promises. God comforts me through His promises. I don't know about you, you may not believe that, but every time that I've experienced grief in my life and I open His Word, that's where I find the comfort I need in so many ways. Psalm 119 verse 28, it says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your Word. According to your Word. In These moments when we find ourselves in grief, it may sound cliche, but I believe that there is a promise for every problem and a passage for every pain. Again, you may not believe that, but I do. And every time I found myself in one of these moments in life where the grief seems overwhelming and I go and I open up His Word, God speaks in powerful, powerful ways because His Word tells us who God is. It tells us what God has done and what he can do and will do in the future. And it's so important that in these moments, especially moments of grief, that we stay grounded in his word and not our opinion. If you're like me, you try to fly into fix-it mode, right? Whenever there's pain around you or pain within you, you want to fix it and fix it fast, And we need to make sure that we stay grounded in his word, not just in what we think is right, but what God says is right. And he will guide us through that process. So the first way God comforts us is he comforts us through his promises, through his word. The second way that God comforts us is through his presence. Jesus said this was going to be the case. If you go to John 14, verse 16, Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father and he's going to give you another comforter. And then notice the rest of that verse. And he will never leave you. Never leave you. There's not a moment in time in which God leaves us. His presence leaves us. There are moments when we're not aware of it. But there's not a moment in time where God leaves us. The promise was God will always be with you no matter what you're going through. And especially when you're grieving especially when you're going through those tough moments in life, that's when God's word actually tells us that he is closer to us than we could ever imagine. It's just like if I'm at home and I hear Eddie Ray start crying down the hallway, what do I do? I run to him. I get close to him. I pick him up. And God does the same thing for us. God does the same thing for us because we're grieving with hope. And his presence is powerful in these moments. The third way that God comforts us is that God comforts me through his people. And this one is very important for us right now. Yes, he comforts me through his promises. He comforts me through his presence. But he also comforts me with the people that he has placed in my life. With the people he's placed around you. I believe that God has strategically placed people in your life to help you go through what you're going through whenever you go through it. And they have strategic words from heaven for you in these moments. And they have experiences that they've walked through so that they can help you walk through your grief. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 says, The God of all comfort, all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles... He does this so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from Him. You see, see God uses other people to bring comfort into my life. And that he uses me to bring comfort into other people's lives around me. And it goes on and on and on. That's why being the body of Christ right now for each other is so vitally important. No, we're not all grieving at the same pace. No, we do not all need the same space. But God can bring healing from the grief we're experiencing. And one of the most powerful ways is that he wants to use you to be an agent of that healing for the people that he's placed In your life and that's why it's important for us to come together to come together and be the church for each other especially in these moments in these moments we need to ask less how questions and more who questions what I mean by that again so many times we want to ask how questions how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? We, we're trying to fix things. Right now is not a moment for fixing anything. Right now is a moment for focusing on who. Who God has called us to be for each other. I really believe that there is divine comfort from heaven that God wants to bring in our lives. And I believe it happens in these three ways. Again, you may disagree with me. That's okay. This is how I've experienced God's comfort and healing power in my life through my grief, through his promises, through his presence, and through his people. I want to remind you of the verse I started with in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. It will appear on the screen again. It says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know, please know this, We want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. My prayer is that you will move through your grief in a healthy way, in a God-honoring way. And that always leads us to hope that one day we'll get an answer to all of our questions. One day, we'll see the big picture. In the meantime, I really believe that every person who is in the presence of Jesus right now is looking at the church and saying, keep going, keep going. It's worth it. It's so worth it. I was talking with Pastor Ken earlier this morning I am so thankful that on today at the end of our 11 o'clock service we're having three baptisms because we're going to keep going and I believe that heaven is cheering us on and now Wayne is in that choir doing the very same thing. God is good. These days are going to be hard but God is good. And I believe we're going to see powerful, powerful things come through the tragedies that's happening in our world, especially the ones we're experiencing today. I love you guys. I love each and every one of you in this room. Those of you who are watching online, same thing. And God is going to get us through this. And one day, there's going to be great rejoicing. Great rejoicing. Father, I thank you. I thank you right now that the whole company of heaven is cheering us on, and I thank you that our brother, your son, is now with them. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, then he'll take me by the hand and lead me to the promised land. What a day, what a glorious day that will be. May that be our focus, and may we take as many people with us as possible. I thank you for the healing that's taking place in this church, Lord. It's only by you, only by you. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' good and powerful name, amen.